Welcome to the RPG Rundown. I'm Seth. And I'm Jeff from Dungeons to Deep Space. We got the systems, we got the systems and the stories for your table. We also just changed up the intro and that was our first take at it. Hope you okay. hope they hope you enjoyed it. Absolutely. But hey, welcome. Uh, welcome to episode five. We're gonna dive into the vast world of world building. You ever wondered where to start? Got questions about history or cultures or maps? We've got you covered. Having crafted unique worlds for our own games, today's discussion is going to be diving into the art of constructing an enjoyable and expansive TTRPG world. So join us as we explore the essentials and share tips about crafting your very own tabletop realm. And I will say it's one of my favorite things about being a DM is just building out this amazing world to watch your players go in, explore, and destroy, honestly. Absolutely. Uh, before we dive... Absolutely. But before we dive too far into that, uh, Seth, I know you have some news for us. What do we got going on in the great world of TTRPGs? Yeah, speaking of fantastic uh, realms, I mean, you know, I think, I don't know if I was talking to you, but at one point I was talking to somebody about pre, like, like modules, like adventure modules and stuff. And somebody was saying, oh, I, I don't like to use adventure modules because, mm. you know, it's just... You know, it's just so I, I I like to build my own, and uh, yeah, you know, I totally get that. I love doing it myself, mm-hmm. but it's probably me. But adventure modules are just someone else's homebrew. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So it's completely fine, uh, and and you know, taking elements from those adventure modules is something we'll get into later. Um, but speaking of two really cool and interesting worlds. Uh, we do have a little bit of news that we want to highlight. We're not the be-all, end-all on news uh, for tabletop RPGs. This is really stuff that yeah. we find interesting and that we want to bring to the attention of you guys because we think that they're going to be awesome and we're excited for them. So, oh, yeah. first, uh, if you've heard of the tabletop RPG called Tales from the Loop, uh, it's one that I have ran before. It's one that I backed on Kickstarter, and it's from Free League Publishing, which is a Swedish company. They actually are the ones who did Dragonbane that we did yeah, our review on. Fantastic. Uh, but before they did Dragon... Well, not before they did Dragonbane originally, but before this new release of Dragonbane, uh, I found them from Tales from the Loop because I found the really cool alternate universe 80s sci-fi uh artwork and and it was just so cool by this guy named simon stalenhog uh and it's fantastic love his art style Uh, i've all somewhat compared it to like alternate 80s norman rockwell as like as like a a style you know yeah uh i don't know if he would like that or not but that's what i like to describe it as so uh, but they, so he has written, so he, so basically Simon Stalenhog will come out with a book. Like he came out with Tales from the Loop. And what it is usually is an art book with, I don't know, 50, 100, 200 pieces of art in this theme. You know, Tales from the Loop was the first one. And then he had a couple follow-ups to it. And then, um, but he kind of writes like a narrative story of the world as he sees it from the art. And so it's really cool. It's a cool coffee table book with a kind of like a really cool story in it. 
And it's almost like each picture has a caption that's, you know, maybe a couple paragraphs. So he has another book called The Electric State and Free League Publishing with the what, like maybe last week or so announced that the Kickstarter for The Electric State RPG is coming on December 5th. So that's mm, okay. the news. That's part of the news around it. I'm super excited about it yeah. uh, because I love, again, his art style and the stuff that he comes up with. But in learning about this, I also learned that uh that they're making so so another thing too tales from the loop there was an amazon prime series about it don't know mm. if you watched it i don't even know if i finished it honestly but it was so I pretty like cool you told me about it but i don't think i've watched it yet yeah it was pretty cool but i don't know if they followed everything exactly um but they're coming out with a movie for the electric state that is being done by the Russo brothers. So in game Marvel's in game, you know, mm-hmm. and it is going to have big name actors in it. Specifically Millie Bobby Brown of mm-hmm. stranger things and other awesome shows and movies yeah. and Chris Pratt. Yeah. So, Star Lord himself, like Star Lord uh, himself. T- I, I need um, no more information. Yeah. So, but apparently they started filming in October of 21 or 22 oh, okay. I, and went through February. I, basically filming is done and it's right. supposed to be coming out in 2024. Nice. So, okay. So the electric awesome. state that you had said that one's based in the nineties, right? Tells the loop. Yeah. So it's based 80s. in like nine. Yeah. Tells from the loop was the eighties. Electric State is is 1997, I believe specifically. Okay, nice. Uh, I actually have the art book, Ooh, nice. which is pretty awesome, and it's just chocked full of amazing artwork. You know. Oh man, yeah. Um, it's kind of hard to see on the camera, but, um, but yeah, I actually scored this hardcover book from. Uh, from a library book sale for like two bucks. So nice. Yeah, pretty awesome. So okay, let let me ask as someone who knows absolutely nothing about this whole genre here. Um, does the book tell one consistent story? Like you read one page, yes. page one, page yes, two, page does. three. Okay, okay. The book Thanks. tells one consistent story. No, I don't want awesome. that. Awesome. Okay. So it's kind of hard to see. Maybe you can see it. Yeah. No, that's. Uh, I mean, I can. So that girl and the robot. That's what the mm-hmm. movie's going to be about. Okay, very cool. So, so Millie, Millie Bobby Brown is going to be the... I, I don't know if... I don't think he's going to be the robot. I think there's like a... Uh, an adult like detective or something that uh, is like... Yeah, that makes more sense. Kind of following along with the story. So, But anyway, that's coming. Mm-hmm. I'm excited about it. Second bit of news. The If you are familiar with Brandon Sanderson, he is a fantasy author... He has written some amazing books called the Stormlight Archive, uh, as well as a whole bunch more. Uh, he's also, when the original author of Wheel of Time uh, passed away, he actually took over those books as well. And so um, he's already, writ- already written four or five of those books as well. But the Stormlight Archive is his original work, an original, like, super... 
unique fantasy setting. Yeah, very unique, yeah. Um, I've listened to all of those books. Uh, Jeff has got mm-hmm. about 10 hours left the first one. Yeah. So, so we were I, actually uh, talking about it earlier. Yeah, we were actually about 12 minutes late from starting the stream for the podcast because we were talking about the Stormlight <laughs> Archives. Yes. Uh, and 10 hours left sounds like a lot, but keep in mind, it's a 50-hour book. And so uh, I'm 40 hours in right now, and it is incredible. I cannot wait for this it's game. So this good. is going to be awesome. It's so good. Uh, I'm, I'm tempted... really hoping they come out with a movie, too. That would be amazing. I'm tempted to buy the board game that has already come out for it just to get mm-hmm. the minis. Just to get the minis. Ooh, that would be cool. Um, yeah. I think they're going to come out with more minis, though, honestly. I think it's part I, I, of Oh, I guarantee. I, and if they don't, the 3D printer guys will. Yep. So there'll be Patreons and stuff for them, I'm sure. Um, All right. Well, let's, uh, with that in mind, yeah. I've got, just because, you know, I've got to ask at this point, if they were to make a movie, you know, Electric State's got a movie coming. Sure. Who do you think sure. would play Kaladin? Man, that Who do is you see tough. as Kaladin? So, um, he has to be tall. He has to be tall. Dark hair, okay. um, because you know, I and would young. say. I mean, Kaladin is young in the in the books. Um, in his twenties for sure. Yeah, um, at least in the first book, he's. I know he's nineteen because he mentions that specifically. All the books, are, they don't span a a huge gap of time. I okay. mean, it's. So yeah, I mean, he's got to be young, but but not terribly young. So like I said, yeah. I think probably early twenties. But he's got to be tall. He's got to be super athletic. Um, and if you know the story, you know why. Because he's mm-hmm. like doing some heavy manual labor for most oh, yeah. of the first yeah. book. Um, but yeah, tall, uh, dark, like, you know, super dark hair. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, you wouldn't have to have blue eyes. Or brown eyes, like they could use mm-hmm. contact lenses for either yeah, one. Yeah, they, so. they could fix that. You know. Um. Regardless. Yeah, I definitely put you on the spot. I don't have anyone in mind either. I no, was no, just no. I'm just trying to think, like, current actors who would have this kind of like rugged, serious. Man, I'm not as up on my young actors. <laughs> yeah, no, that's kind of what I'm I was thinking. Either think, like I'm like, oh, I don't know. I was trying to think of. Um, Maybe Goose's son from Top Gun. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. You would have play, to. You would have Rooster. to make him. I can't remember. Plays Rooster. Name. You. He would have to have like. They would have to make his hair really dark because his hair is pretty light yeah. brown. But they yeah. could make his and hair dark. Do that. And I think he could pull it off. Like, be really okay. serious. I can see that. Kind of moody because he's he kind of plays mm-hmm. that in Maverick. Um, sure. But honestly, like. It, like it's important that, you know, Kaladin is like kind of tall and imposing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got a very, presence very about true. him. So, yeah. Dalinar Colin could be, oh man, that could be really cool too. Like, cause I don't feel mm-hmm. like he has to be tall. He just has to have, no. I feel like he needs to be a little thicker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he needs to have a, a solid build. You know, absolutely. Um, I would have said like, uh, like a John Reese Davies could have been like a young John Reese Davies could have been, uh, could have been Dalinar Colin. Um, okay. I don't know. This feels like it could be an episode all its own. It could uh, I don't be. know if it's our genre, Sorry. but it, man, it um, could be cool. 
No, real quick. Um, <laughs> I mean, all I can think of is Maverick now. But like, you could totally yeah. pick the, you could totally pick the other guy. You know, they get the the like the the good the sm- the guy who smiles all the time. He could totally yes, be Adolin okay. Colin for that matter. Oh, Adolin! Oh, absolutely. So I don't know. I don't know. The, yeah. I'd have to think more on it. There's, I'm sure there's better. But all right, anyone on the YouTube side of this, leave us leave it in the comments. What should the cast? <laughs> if you've read the Stormlight, and like uh, this is like barely we haven't talked it. about the news part of it yet. But we're just yeah, fantastic yeah, yeah, book be, series. The absolutely go read or listen to the Stormlight Archive mm-hmm. by Brandon Sanderson. But the news. So We've known for a little bit that there is a Stormlight tabletop RPG coming out. Mm-hmm. However, uh, it, we we also know that Brotherwise Games is going to be the publisher. Um, funny enough, so if any of you know me, I am a huge fan of BattleTech and the BattleTech universe, which also include MechWarrior video games and stuff like that. Battletech had a massive Kickstarter where they raised seven and a half million dollars, uh, and then probably doubled that after the Kickstarter. Oh. But there has been videos over the last six months from their uh, distributors in China who are fulfilling the Kickstarter, and it's kind of cool little like two minute videos, and they're clips of like things being assembled in in China. Well, the same plastics manufacturer who are making the minis for Battletech are actually making the minis for the Stormlight RPG and for Stormlight archive like board games and stuff. Yeah. So sometimes they'll post videos for that and that's also really cool. It's a little crossover there. But uh, the Kickstarter or the Stormlight RPG is supposed to launch in 2024. We know that. But a week ago or within the last week they announced the creative team for this Kickstarter and included Andrew Fisher, who was formerly of Fantasy Flight Games, who worked on the Genesis Star Wars RPG. I'm a big fan of that uh, setting and system, so that's really exciting for me. Some of the other people on the Stormlight team are other Fantasy Flight veterans who worked on like the Legend of the Five Rings RPG. Uh, Anyway, we're expected to hear more at Steel Dragon Steel Con, November twentieth and twenty first. So hopefully we'll get a lot yeah. more details then. Um, so those those were kind of the two big news items. We could talk forever about this Stormlight series or about other stuff, but let's really quickly just give you guys a reminder of what system we're going to be testing for this month. Um, mm-hmm. and our review episode and what it's going to be about. Jeff, why don't yep. you so tell us about that? Coming on up, uh, our very next episode of this should be a review of what we test played, and we will be test playing DC20. Uh, and you know, if you're not following, it's put out by Dungeon Coach. Uh, he has a YouTube channel, The Dungeon Coach. Um, and it, I don't know. I, we've got it. I've been studying it. I'm going to get to DM it. And I am, I am so, put it this way. Like, I legitimately think after I finish this campaign that I'm in right now in 5e, DC 20 might be what I move my next campaign into. Um, and, and I don't know. I haven't test played it, so that could change. Um, <laughs> but at least just reading through the rules and the way that, I don't know, some of the stuff's laid out, I'm, I'm really optimistic about how it's going to play. Yeah, that's awesome. And, so. And that's something that I I am also kind of like 
could it be, you know, my next campaign? Mm. At the same time, I'm yeah. like, I'm also super excited about Dragon Bane, and I'm su- and I'm even I more agree. excited about Tales of the Valiant and Daggerheart. Mm. Daggerheart is another one that's like, like Daggerheart you know. and DC twenty were like at the same level for me. Yes, and then of course Matt Colville's system, but I haven't heard a lot about that, yeah. uh, so I don't know where and he's at on it. I, like my excitement for his has cooled a little bit in light. I, I, of yes, I agree. The Tales of the Valiant is five e, so like I could mm. also see myself just honestly before this campaign mm. even ends, sure. kind of saying, "Oh, we've transitioned to Tales of the mm. Valiant for the five e system." So okay. rather than, yeah, rather yeah. than using Wizards of the Coast five e, we're using Cabold Press's five e, which is Tales of the Valiant. So. Um, okay. because, because honestly, like not, I could not enough would so. change for you to have to call it a different, right? Not it, that you'd have to do anything with your players I mean, or anything to make it a for big the most part, system for, yeah, for the most part, I've been saying, you know, we're just playing in the 5e system. I, I have, right. I've kind of stopped even saying D and D, uh, or wizards. So, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Um, like so yeah, super excited about that. I'm going to get to play. I always love when I get an opportunity to play yeah. instead of DM. Uh, so yeah, but that will be coming soon. Also, to coincide with that next review episode, we will have another uh, review play session up on our actual play YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. So that'll be up. Look for that as well. It'll be that about is, uh, the same time. We call that the the rap channel, which is uh, rundown one shots. Wouldn't know rundown actual play. I was like, that rundown doesn't sell rap. That doesn't sell rap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Rundown actual plays. So make sure you're you're subbed to that channel as well on YouTube, and uh, there you can actually watch the live play session, which is going to be very much an actual play. There will be questions. There will be reading rules about things. There will be clarifications. Yes. and uh, it'll be fun. Yeah. Part of the review process is also understanding how easy it is yeah. for DM and players to understand and run. Absolutely. So. Um, with that said yeah we we are uh like 18 minutes in i guess we should start on the subject at hand of world building plenty of time that's plenty of time plenty of time to talk about world building absolutely oh man we could talk forever about it because i know that uh seth and i we've gotten in our own personal conversations about our own worlds and uh, yeah they can just they can go for lengthy amounts of time so uh, i'm gonna go and ask seth the first question and i'll kind of play off that as well um but I think what where if you're here and you've never built your own world, uh, maybe if you have, there's still value in this question, but you've decided to build your own world. Where do you start? Like, where do you get your inspiration? What do you start with? So, Seth, in your own world that you just built, where did you start? Absolutely an important question. <laughs> so for me and the world of Zanelia, which is where we're currently adventuring, in our Hearth and Hammer campaign. Uh, and also this is, you know, kind of for me and, and my method in general is I will have a concept for a world. Um, maybe I've been, you know, we'll talk about some other, the follow-up questions, like the bullet points that we have in our outline for this, but I'll just say, you know, for me, I will start with a concept or a theme and then I will, rather than try to build the entire thing out all at once, maybe I'll do a world map, but a very broad blank world map, you know, just to set up what I think the world could look like. 
and maybe I don't even do that. Maybe I have a few other abstract thoughts about like, well, he needs to have multiple nations and where is the conflict going to ha happen? Like, or, you know, where, where is their major tension? Like if there's a war going on, where is their minor tension? Maybe I'll think of some of those concepts, but ultimately once I kind of have, you know, the very, very high overview of what I want the world to be, whether it's like, you know, high traditional fantasy or, mm. um, you know, low magic or whatever. So like I said, theme first maybe, but then as far as building it out, I kind of start with something small. So like, where are my characters going to start? You know, what's my adventure hook? What's my initial excitement that I want to have this world start with? And, you know, that so it could be in a town or centered around an event, you know, or something like that. And so then I will start to build out, you know, that town or that setting. Uh, yeah. Or, you know, for the current one, it's, it's kind of happening at a, like a festival is where it starts off. Right. And it's a festival where a whole bunch of different nations come together. They're celebrating the harvest. And part of that is that there's competitions. And part of that competitions is what leads the player group on their initial quests because mm -hmm. they're part of this competition and they are given some tasks to perform. Uh, and so that's kind of where I started. And so then I built out, yeah. well, where that, where are they in the world? So, I, so like I said, that's having now the world map. Okay. I need multiple, you know, nations. Uh, you know, I want a couple big bodies of water and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And as far as, creating a map this kind of jumps down but you know you can like go said, skipping you questions can, you can go generate something you know absolutely yeah anywhere uh i've also seen methods where people will take like rice and they'll uh, drop i've seen it this yes on paper okay mm -hmm. they'll take like a big sheet of paper uh or poster board they'll take some rice and drop it and then they'll outline uh, the bigger sections of rice to make the continents and then the little ones to make islands, you know, um, that seems uh, very seen, detailed, but I, I do like that. That's a cool, yeah. cool kind of way. Funny, of I've actually seen it. people do the same thing in, in Photoshop. Uh, you can use a cloud filter and it creates like a randomly generated cloud. Yes. And then you like, uh, do your contrast and stuff. And then you get this black shapes and, uh, but yeah, and, I mean, it actually comes out with some very unique looking maps. Oh, like absolutely. That. Uh, there's also, I did not do that, but that's very there's cool. also free and paid software and web-based stuff out there like incarnate or world anvil, some others like that. And you can literally just go and like generate random world maps and you can just, I mean, I'm just going to throw this and random out. and random until it like shows yeah. you a different, you know, situation of yeah. uh, bodies of water and land masses and stuff like that. But again, so having the small part, and just knowing where it is, you know, if you have a somewhat blank world map, like just a shape, you don't have to have mountains, you don't have to have rivers or, or boundary lines, just a shape. And you say, you know what, I'm going to take this small section, the small town, the small event, I'm going to put it right here. And then you mm -hmm. can just kind of start going out from there and saying, well, I want there to be mountains nearby. So we'll put them in the north. You know, mm -hmm. I want some, I want there to be a river and a forest, you know, maybe over here, or I want it to be in a big metropolis, a big town. So 
you know, you, like you I said, I kind touch... of, I kind of start with You're, a big theme and then start yeah. small and go outwards. Well, I was gonna say you also kind of hit on something very important that I I, I think I, I see a lot of people kind of get. I, I, in my opinion, wrong. Um, and that's, you don't have to have your entire world completed to start playing in it. Oh, no. Absolutely right? Like, not. I mean, multiple cities that are very important in my world's lore now were created to suit a party in a certain adventure. And now, yeah, lore has been built upon that and it's all fitted and worked in. But even right now, we've been playing in my world for about a year, maybe over a year now, and it's not done. Things are still being added. Cities are being built. Lore is is created. Um, like it, your world doesn't have to be completed. Like 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 Seth's saying, you could have your map and you could say, hey, this campaign I'm running, I'm about to start right here. They need to be next to a big city. Oh, we're going to create a small town right here because it's in the right proximity to this city where something's going to happen. And there you go. Your your world does not have to be completed to start playing in it. Absolutely, um, and it's not going to be honestly. I mean, oh, that's not, part no, of the fun. Yeah is that mm -hmm. you create things along the way that yeah. are part of the story. Now, you can... Well, I let my players create things, too. Like, some oh, of my 100%. players, they're like, I want to create a character. Do you have this in your world? And I'm like, not yet. What's your idea? <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and then we can go with it. No, and that's fantastic. I, I mean, as, you know, for for Zanelia, that's... I, I definitely started with kind of what I described earlier, but I also had been thinking on my world for a while. Mm -hmm. So I had created, I had, I had, you know, said, okay, I want this element that I took and this is going to go into the, the bullet points under question one here. Uh, I, I had inspirations, you know, I had some books, some older fantasy genre books, the uh, novels that I loved and they still are like, there's nothing they're still just old books. Like there's no TV shows. There's no video games. There's nothing connecting them. Even though the author is super well known, yeah, <laughs> and has written books for BattleTech and Star Wars and World of Warcraft and you know others, you know, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But he had some original works. Uh, you know, he actually had two different series of works, and I love some of the elements from him. And so I was like, I kind of like that idea. I kind of like this twist that he used. Uh, it was kind of a unique, he had a unique fantasy setting. So there were some unique uh, races and there's some unique ways magic were used and stuff like that. And so I took some inspiration from that. Uh, and that's right. another bullet point here. You can take inspiration from any of the media you consume. TV, mm. books, movie, video games, whatever. Right. Um, you know, try not to directly copy it. Right. Uh, you know, Maybe don't call right, it the you... same. Try to yeah. change something about it. You know, try to find a twist and make it your own. Um, yeah. You know, something like that. Uh, and that's absolutely fine. And and especially for your own world, if this is just for you and your friends and your enjoyment, then yeah. no limits. You can no use. You could. You could totally use. You could totally right. use the same names and and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And honestly, like if you and your friends are into the same stuff and you're not, you're not creating content, you're not selling this, exactly. your players might get a kick out of visiting Tatooine. Like, you know, like, uh, you sure. know, like if you're bringing in some Star Wars stuff, like, you know, you, you, stuff like that, I think is perfectly fine. Now, if Absolutely. you're selling it or making content on it online, maybe, you know, steer clear of that. But for yeah. your own personal games, I, um, I could see a lot of fun being had in that. Absolutely. You know, 
and again, as far as inspiration, like what's a fun, famous trope? Like for mm, you, like yeah. what is a trope that you like to incorporate, whether as part of an intro adventure or, you know, mm. for a big bad guy or something, or for a town? Right. Like what's a, what's one of those yeah. that you like? Yeah. So uh, famous tropes. Yeah, I always go with some sort of standoff like okay so I, I should start off with my world real quick so my world of Maradonia like my starting concept for Maradonia like I am a uh, I guess sort of inspired by books as well I grew up reading a lot of Louis Lamar um, and so if you're into the western genre at all Louis Lamar mm-hmm. is a very famous western author um, and I grew up watching westerns with my grandpa always wanted to be a cowboy um, and yeah, I'm from Tennessee y'all okay uh, and so always wanted to be a cowboy and so the, the idea like just the basic concept of Maradonia is the idea of the early American frontier, like the the lawlessness, the nice. everyone's kind of out for themselves, trying to score the gold and get rich, train robberies and all that, um, mixed with high fantasy D&D. Like, what if there's magic during that time? Now, I took out the Western tropes of, like, the cowboy hats and the, the, the sheriffs and the horses and even the trains. Like, in my world, the, the main course of travel is man-made rivers, and so there are boats. And, and so boats almost operate like trains or, or passageways in, uh, oh, in sure. my world. Um, and so you have sort of like train robberies, but it looks a lot, a lot more like pirating. And so some mixture of, of stuff Sounds happens great. like that. Yeah, and so like I love the, like the standoff trope and and things like that that kind of reach in and kind of just give hints of that like Western vibe, um, because the Maradonia is kind of intended to be that Wild West feel. Like every location you go to is gonna look different. You have some that operate like kingdoms. You have some that wa- operate like um, like a, a modern city, or like a democracy. You're gonna have some places that are a complete anarchy and there's a gang ruling it, because there's no high governing force in Maradonia. And so everywhere you go, you're going to get something a little bit different um, because they kind of operate as almost like city states at this point. Um, and there's no like official country or nation or anything like that. Um, there is that's kind of the, the, the ongoing war is a, uh, a a force. And so in my world, also, there's no deities uh, that that's also going to affect a lot of your world building. If you have deities, don't who they are, what they do, how they influence things. Uh, deities in my world kind of operate like um, schools of thought. So um, the, the main bad guys, if you will, is the the Asmodians, which follow the mindset and the teachings of Asmodeus uh, or Asmodeus. I've heard people say it in multiple different ways. I don't know what the correct way to actually say it is. Uh, and so uh, it kind of follows that teaching. But uh, I, I know you asked about trope, but that's that's kind of like I like the the I like like the stand up. I like to pull in any kind of like just there's hints at that like Western trope with like, oh, yeah train robberies as like boat robberies and um, and and bank heists and, and things like that. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, like, even just describing that, there's so many things that you, know, you could consider mm-hmm. a trope. Tropes are not mm-hmm. bad things, especially they're not in bad. No, no. a world. Um, because they're basically a formula for something mm-hmm. that pe- we like as, as humans, things that yeah. we connect with. And so, yeah, that's absolutely, absolutely it. I mean, like, you know, for, for my intro adventure it's very much a uh, young or, or a, a kind of random group of competitors thrown together who all of a sudden are thrust into matters that are more important. You know, how often does that, is that, I mean, it's in like a whole bunch of movies and stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Lord of the Rings. You've got little hobbits that are like, oh, well, yeah, all we got to do is take this ring to Rivendell. Well, now we need to travel to Mount Doom, you know? <laughs> or, or yeah. oh, I just, you know, found a ring. And it's mm-hmm. the most important ring, you know, again, right. like someone innocent, young, whatever, being thrown into mm-hmm. great, you know, and mighty adventure. Uh, it's it's a fun trope. So. Oh, absolutely. But 100%. Theme, yeah. like we said, we kind of mentioned this, but like, you know, have a theme. Do you want high fantasy? Do you want Wild West? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and these can yeah. all be what mixed, too. Yeah. Huh? Uh, yeah, I was like, that's the whole like the idea of theme. Like, and yeah. it doesn't have to be one for? thing. Yeah. Like, you could you could have high fantasy, and then you could have uh, sci-fi if they leave the world. You kind of seen that happen with uh, my ma- my brain just blanked on the word, but uh, you know, Wizards put out the the, the sci-fi side of things. Yes. Yeah, that one. Yes, someone will know what I'm talking about. Uh, and so you could absolutely do that in your own world. You could have, okay, right here is high fantasy. And then like your guys enter this portal and now your world has this whole other expansive side. That's sci-fi. And you, I mean, it's, it's your world, it's your imagination. Like what's going, absolutely. I mean, think also what's gonna be fun for your players. Your players might've signed up for a high fantasy game and then fell into a portal and all of a sudden it's sci-fi. They may not be into that. And so. Yes, definitely uh, communicate with your players. That's yes, important. absolutely. That's important too in world building. Make sure your yes. players know what. So Ask I have a written Google Doc that I send about Maradonia, and usually it has some history, like what the player, what the characters would know, and and also just a theme of what the world is like. Um, and of course, I have a session zero where I have a whole bunch of stuff I go through. Even my players that have played before, they go through the session zero, so we're all on the same page. Um, absolutely. And, and usually, players' I talk about guide is very um, handy in a mm-hmm. session zero. So. Uh, especially when you're homebrewing, because it's not like they can just say, oh, I've watched Critical Role. I know yeah. what the world of Critical Role looks like. Or I've mm-hmm. you know read Forgotten Realms, or I've read Dragonlance, or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, It's not something that you, they can already have a familiarity right, right. with the characters and setting, because it's something you've mm-hmm. created, so... Absolutely. Um, and so same thing with like their their races that they chose, too. Like, are, are, are orcs the same in your world as they are in... D and D, like are they, are are they the same? Like so, this other things you kind of have to think about. For me, most of the time, the answer is yes. That that yeah. I haven't written huge backstories about different races or anything. So, yes, Wh- whatever it is in D and D is probably what it is in Maradonia. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's move on. What are mm-hmm. essential components to get started with a world building in a TTRPG for you? Like, give me mm-hmm. give me three important components. Okay, so important components. Um, I think I, I'm going to go like I, I think real, real high level. Um, sure. At, at this point, if I'm going to name three, I think you need to know um, your your main conflict in the world, um, and, and I think that there should be even if it's like your level one characters obviously have nothing going on with the main conflict. If there's a war going on in your world, your level one characters would know about it, um, and so if there's some sort of conflict going on, uh, that needs to be out there. Um, it, I mean, maybe that's a little too drawn in your, your world probably needs to have a setting. Like we were talking about whether that is fantasy, that is sci-fi, that is like, it needs to have, you know, somewhat of a, of a, a setting that is kind of tacked down. Um, and then I think your world needs moving parts. Uh, I, I don't know. Maybe I went three different levels there, like really <laughs> high, medium and low down, but it needs moving parts. Things need to change, right? Um, that's one of the things that uh, that that happened a lot in my crosshaven games. Like there would be a quest board, and every time they go to the quest boards, 
sometimes the quest would change. Sometimes they'd be canceled because the person they were looking for was found dead because no one went and saved her, right? Like the, the, it is a moving, evolving world. And so there should be moving parts to your world as well. Like things that are changing even when your players aren't interacting with them. Absolutely. Now don't like, like spend not even in. your... Yeah, it feels like a living world. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Okay. No, that's great. Yeah, I think um, if I were to add uh, three different yeah, well, ones, because I, I agree with yeah. I agree with those, but if I were to add three, I would say, um, you know, have an interesting story hook, whether that's something you come up with on your own or you talk to your players. Like, what do you, you know, what's a what's the kind of story you want to do? Do you want to do a heist story? Do you want to do, um. Do you want to do a a hero's journey, Lord of the Rings esque, you know, adventure? Yes, yeah. Do you want to do, um, you know, the kind of the Wild West again? Uh, so it kind of ties in with theme, but but also just like what you know, what does it look like? So, um, and then also, uh, I would say places. You know, have places. Yeah. Uh, it again, we talked about the map. It does not have to be full. It doesn't even have to have hardly anything on it. You can create it as you go. Um, and then, you know, characters. Like, create characters. One of the big things I would recommend as you prepare, and this is kind of a DM tip, not just a world building, but have, you know, give yourself a list of names ahead of time. Oh, yeah. You don't you don't have to have if characters you're a person have that taken inside your DM screen. Yeah, you don't have to have them you don't have to have characters created. Just have a list of names. You know, give yourself if, if if it's fantasy, give yourself some elven names and some dwarven names and maybe some goblin names or orc names or human names that sound fantasy esque, you know. Or if it's sci fi, give yourself some alien names and some human names or you know, whatever. And the only reason I say that is because your players will ask you oh, well, I'm just going to find the random person on the street to give me directions. Absolutely. What's your name, friend? And then you're like, uh, my name's Bob. You know? Yeah. And, and there can only so many Bobs in one world. That's, that's okay. always bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, just give yourself characters, okay? Like I said, Oftentimes they don't have to Bob be your, your favorite character, just so you know. Absolutely. Like a little if you've kobold. been DMing for any length of time, you know that you know, your players you, will make friends with the weirdest a, a people. Little, a little kobold, you know, <laughs> prisoner becomes uh oh. favorite character so becomes favorite character absolutely i got to play yeah. that kobold actually at one point that was fun yeah, that was a lot of fun actually <laughs> um yeah for sure um okay so what about um what what about things to flesh out the world culture mm -hmm. towns nations give me some of that yeah uh so I, I think this is where it's one of the things start with where your players are like, especially like, I mean, if you're just if you're building world to build a world, okay, now we're going to flesh this thing out big. If you're play building world to run a campaign, start where your players are. Okay. What city are they located in? Okay. What quest am I sending? What quest are we starting with? Like if it's sandbox. Yeah. Okay. Now, all right, then just build the city and, and let them explore and figure things out. But if you have like specific quests and stuff that you're thinking they're going to go on and, and do, okay. What kind of city fits that? Okay, so now I have a, a massive city. 100,000 people are in the city, right? Uh, okay, so this 100,000-person city, what's it governed by? Who runs this thing, right? A city that big has to have some rulers. Okay, those are the rulers. What about, you know, the military? Is there a military system? And so I think from there you start to kind of build it out, or let's say they're starting in a small village that they've come to help, 
right? You're okay. Now we're starting with a village. Mm -hmm. They don't have a big democracy or a kingdom. They have a tribe leader. And, and there's a reason that they're the trope of, mm -hmm. of, of a party starting in an inn or a tavern. There's yes, a reason absolutely. it's so popular. It's because it is something small that you as the mm -hmm. DM and the players can craft together. You've mm -hmm. got the ruler, innkeeper, or, or tavern you know, owner. You've got other characters that are there. Maybe you have a bar fight, or maybe you know somebody from outside comes in and starts conflict. And it's, it's something you can build out, you can flesh out, you can give details to. Because even with a big city, you don't have to have all those immediately. Like, right. you can say, oh, well, they're in this part of the city, and you'll give a few details about that. And then maybe the next session, you move into another part of the city, and you flesh right. out that part of the city. Maybe it's five sessions before you get to the government or the governor, right. you know, somebody high up in, in charge. So, again, you don't even have to have things like that fully fleshed out. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, exactly. I, I, I like to, I like to start there and kind of build in usually that way, you know, if you ever want to hint to the government, okay, they're, you know, they're at the tavern and the city guard walks in and you see, as he walks in, the, the bartender opens up the thing, pulls out a coin pouch, throws it up there and pays it the city taxes or whatever. If you yeah. want to leave some, you know, leave some hints of what is coming or what's happening in the city. Um, but but yeah, if you, as far as like building cultures, I think it's really trying to figure out what you want the feel of your games to be. Sort of like if you're going with the Wild West sci-fi fantasy, like and and then kind of build in from there. And feel free to take inspiration, yeah. like or or I rather, I mean, build out from there. Like it, you, right. yeah, start in your tavern, and honestly, maybe after the opening tavern bar fight or, or quest calling, you might see a little more of what your characters are into. Okay, did they try to pickpocket six people, start three fights? Did they yeah. just want to hang out RP and drink? Like you, that. Now you can start building out from there yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's it's something that, you know, do it as you go. If you're a oh, detailed absolutely. person and you want to write a bunch of stuff down, mm -hmm. fantastic. Just be prepared to maybe change and don't don't be so rigid on the things that you create. Um, because you want to allow your players to be involved in that. And mm -hmm. if, if it's something where you're, you're guiding every aspect of the cooperative storytelling, which is what TTRPGs are supposed to be, mm -hmm. uh, it almost just becomes like them living in a, in a novel that you yeah. wrote. And so yeah, yeah. we just don't living that. in your story. Uh, okay. We're getting close to time here. So here's a couple of quick questions. Um, any other ways that you could say uh, to create a map? Maps are fun. We like maps, but like yeah. you, you can do maps of towns, maps of worlds, maps of cities. Um, yeah, yeah. What I, I what's say one this, way dude, that you like to build a map? So I, I will say this is uh, like I'm I'm a graphic designer, but I'm not exactly a great map maker. Now Seth here is an in, incarnate king. Um, well, I, I am. That, thank you. Yeah, I am a uh, find the ones that are clonable and edit them a little bit to fit what I need, um, and. But so what I actually did with my world map, I created it and it was good and ugly, but it got across what I wanted. And then I hired an, uh, an artist on Fiverr to remake it uh, with their skill and it came out incredible. And so I'm just going nice. to say, and honestly, the artists, like you can just send them a message and say, hey, this is what I want. And they'll fill it out. Like, seriously, some of the artists are incredible. Um, I'm, you know, Fiverr has some 
amazing, some crazy talent on there. Um, and I had an artist build mine. I've had an artist do a few other things for me as well. Um, but honestly, the map of Maradonia that I now use, like old school parchment style, kind of fits that Western vibe. Um, it, I built the map. I built all the cities and stuff in it. But then I had an artist make it pretty. Nice. <laughs> which is ironic because nice. I am a graphic designer by trade, but still, yeah. map making is a different art world. Design, so it's very true, very true. Map making is um, a different world. Absolutely, and, and he mentioned Incarnate. Incarnate is one. Mm -hmm. uh, it yes. they have several different versions. There are other places you can find online. If mm -hmm. you search for digital map making for TTRPGs, you're going to find about you know five good tools. Uh, there's uh, Dungeon Draft. There's um, Man, Dungeon Scrawl, which is like mm -hmm. black and white pencil drawings with a grid. Yes. It's, it's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, there's a which bunch of different a cool ones. Vibe to it. it does. I do like it. Yeah. Uh, so, maps are fun, but you don't have mm -hmm. to get too tied down to it. Okay. Um, yeah, I think we're going to skip that last question. But. <laughs> okay. Fair <laughs> Just enough. Just because that's Fair a massive topic and we're pressed for time. It, it is. It definitely is. I think it's something maybe uh, to open up a whole episode on it. Exactly. Uh, you don't know what we're talking about. You have to wait. You have to wait. Find out. <laughs> uh, but let's let's just leave it with this. When you, if you are a DM or if you're a player, world building is not necessarily for you alone. It's for the entire party. It's something that is mm -hmm. inherent to tabletop gaming. Um, even if you are in a pre-built setting, the first campaign that Jeff ever played started from an adventure module from Critical Role's uh, official Wizards of the Coast book. Mm -hmm. But after that first couple sessions that were the the introductory adventure, we went off on our own. And we built our own little section of, of Exandria, which is the Critical Role world. Um, yeah. So it doesn't have to be completely homebrew uh, to be considered homebrew or to be building the world, if you will. Um, but don't be, don't be, don't be, um, what's the word? Don't be discouraged from, a, from attempting it, from attempting building right. a world. No, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. so enjoyable. It is so, yeah, it really is. So, yeah. Um, last things here. Um, I think we'll just kind of say, you know, like for my own part, haven't had a whole lot of, of personal hobby mm -hmm. uh, games lately because I've been out of town for work. Mm. Um, let's Without getting too much into the details of your campaign, have you been able to, to play at least recently? Um, so the Everlasting Unveiled, we uh, actually have not played um, some scheduling conflict, but we did start up a interim campaign where I'm actually getting to be a player. Uh, oh, nice. called The Black Rose, and uh, Ian, who's uh, one of the players in my campaign, is DMing it, uh, and it's taking place in his world. And so uh, it's really been really, really, uh, really cool to play in his world and kind of see how it's opening up. But I'm getting to play a paladin for the first time, and that's really fun. Awesome. Uh, well, I look forward to the next month because we're going to get to play. We're going to get to play DC20. Yes. Oh, we're going to so get to play uh, our own games and more. I'm super excited. Yes. So, uh, also, it's the holiday season. Also, like, besides just moving into the holidays, which I love, I love Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of good TTRPG stuff coming in the next 12 months. So good. Yeah. So, uh, be pumped. sure to stick with us because we're going to have as much as it, of it as we can. 
within our <laughs> limited scope, but, uh, yes. but we're excited. So, uh, lastly, don't forget we are partnered with Love Thy Nerd. Love Thy Nerd is a fantastic organization who are focused on bringing the love of Christ to nerds and nerd culture. And that's exactly what we're doing here. Um, Jeff and I are both Christians. We, you know, we love Jesus and we love games. And so that's why we're here. We're happy to talk about both. And, uh, and so always feel free to engage us, uh, in any way or place that you can. But a couple of those ways are for this podcast. You can find our socials in the show notes uh, should be, well, shoot, now I've forgotten. But it should be, uh, I think it's at RPG Rundown, or is it at the RPG at, Rundown? At, I think it's at RPG Rundown. It is, yes. Yes. As I'm, like, looking it up. Yeah, no, it's I at, know, I'm looking it up, too. It's Who's at faster? the RPG Rundown on I was Twitter. totally wrong. Look at that. <laughs> uh, but... Check us out. Uh, again, we'll have links to everything in the show notes. Um, but please give us a like and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you have. This will be released as part of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network. Super honored to be a part of that network. And we love everything they're doing over there. They just wrapped up a nerd culture summit. Uh, right? summit. Yeah, dude. Ministry was, summit. I did and not get to attend. Plan to next year. It looked same, amazing. Same. But I'm super yeah. excited to, to dive into online, all the stuff they did. So, uh, but again, you know, thank you for joining us. We look forward to, to talking more RPG stuff with you later. And so, as we end here, from our table to yours, thanks for joining the RPG Rundown. Until next time, may your roles be epic and your stories legendary. See you next time. See ya.